Excellent. And welcome to another episode of Empire. I'm Pete Barenberg with Purewell, and here again with my co-host and trusty sidekick, Nick DeFrancesco. Nick, how you doing today? I'm doing good, Pete. How doing, are you? I'm doing really good because we got a special treat today. Well, I want to hear what our special treat is about. Well, he happens to be a former professional soccer player for one. Nice. Not only just the winner of Survivor, but he's a survivor and a winner at uh, Surviving Cancer. Wow. That's We're impressive. talking about Ethan Zahn. Ethan, how's it going today? It is going great. How are you guys doing? We're good. We're good. We had some technical issues, but we're getting through them. <laughs> A lot of growing things. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, I'm excited because, of course, big uh, Survivor fan. Um, I just I heard that you were be competing in the 127th Boston Marathon. This is 10-year anniversary of being cancer-free, so... Congratulations. I mean, that's obviously an amazing accomplishment. Absolutely. I know yeah, you've I gone through a lot to, to get to this point. And, uh, you know, we'll dig into that, of course. But just being a fan, of course, of, of uh, you know, Survivor and everything else. Um, but it was something that you said recently that really made me want you on the show. And something that you said that you're, um, I know your your dad ran in the Boston Marathon and, that was amazing, very close family connections with me as well. But you said that cannabis and CBD became a huge part of my wellness journey and healing from cancer. And it's still an integral part of my daily wellness routine today. And I really wanted to talk to you about that. I wanted to know how you got into cannabis. I know it was, I think after the first time you had beat cancer that you had got into cannabis. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about that. Was that doctors that brought that up to you or, you know, how, how, how did that work? Sure. You know, growing up as a soccer player, cannabis was never part of my, you know, daily routine, if you will. So I never touched the stuff. I thought it was bad. I mean, I tried it second semester my senior year. Don't tell my mom, of course. But uh, you know, just to do something crazy before I graduated, right? Uh, but I went on to play professional soccer. So I just never really touched the stuff. And then obviously I knew of cannabis and I had read about the benefits that it can serve people who are going through cancer or other illnesses. So when I was diagnosed at age 35, I was prescribed a lot of prescription pills. And at this is 2009, the world is going crazy with the opioid uh, epidemic. And I just had a little bit of a fear of kind of, you know, what could happen if I got hooked on these synthetic pills. Like I was literally taking five, six pills to get to bed at night. I was ripping Adderall in the morning just to go to the doctor. So I was looking for an alternative way to kind of mitigate some of the cancer treatments that I was going through. And cannabis was a natural area to look. Uh, however, like no one at Sloan Kettering would prescribe it to me. There's no trained doctors or oncologists to tell me about it. I was on the streets of New York City talking to a drug dealer who sold all the drugs, you know, not just right. cannabis. I was bald with chemo, mask, gloves, doing something illegal already on top of something horrible like cancer, right? So it just wasn't a really, wasn't a pleasurable experience. And so it was at that moment I decided like, okay, I really want to, you know, try to share my story, try to educate others, erase some of the stigma around using cannabis from a medical, you know, perspective. And uh, it worked pretty well. It was fine. It was good. I, I could get off some of the prescription pills, not all of them. It didn't cure my cancer. But as a cancer patient, it's a really uncontrollable feeling. You know, when a doctor tells you to do something or you'll die, you pretty much do it. There's no choice there. However, when you're home by yourself, 
with bags full of pills and like no doctors or nurses, family, friends around, like it's, it's a really scary, isolating feeling. So I was looking for some ways to get control back of my own self, my body, my mind, my spirit. And so I, I leaned into cannabis, I leaned into CBD, and it really just helped me get to a more balanced place in my life. Again, I was playing sports when I was young. I had to worry about stigmas of marijuana, like we talked about, cannabis treatments, parents, like you mentioned, drug testing. And of course, it was the same for me. Um, I had that same issue where I didn't know if I wanted to get into, I knew I had pain from sports. I know I had all these different things, but I wasn't something that um, I was comfortable taking because of more of what the stigma was at the time. And um, I know that it's changed my life. And of course, it's changed yours. Education, would you say, is the most important? Is it you think that stigma is the issue? Yeah, and like you, I, I always kept them separate. I had cannabis over here. I had athletics over there. Never did I think they could come together, um, especially as a an athlete because of the stigma. You know, growing up in high school, college, the people that smoked pot didn't play sports. And so for me... I feel that like sharing my story as like an average everyday guy, he's athletic, he wants to be healthy, uh, live a happy, fulfilled life. I think by sharing my story and, and being an example for those who might have the same feelings and want almost like a, 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 a free pass or a green light to say, this is okay. You know, my goal here is like little mini incremental shifts in perception. Right. And so for, for me to partner with like True Leave and Momenta and run the Boston Marathon while medicating on Momenta products is just an example that you, you can do something in a, on a large scale or a small scale using cannabis to enhance your life. And whether it's whether if you wanted to give you a little energy to go lift weights or if you're like socially awkward and you need to use cannabis to be able to talk with people or you have sleep issues or mood issues. I think there's so many areas that cannabis can help anyone uh, improve their life uh, in a positive way. So I guess when it comes to sports, I guess it would be a little bit more of the stigma if any of my friends knew I was like smoking weed and playing sports. You know, it just might be like you're not taking it seriously enough. You know, you're not a, you're a soccer player. You're not a smoker. You should be focusing on fitness and health and nutrition and sleep and all that stuff. Whereas this just seems like it's out of the ordinary. Meanwhile, the marathons I ran before this and playing soccer, I was crushing like – 600 milligrams of Advil, you know, every like seven to eight miles. I was taking like a three times caffeine energy gel. You know, I was doing all this stuff to give me energy to get through the race. Yet I got the same benefits from using a dosage of gummy cannabis that I was using during the race that kind of helped all those things. It helped them internally, mentally, after the race, inflammation, rest, recovery, all that stuff. Uh, so I think, you know, that obviously cannabis is, can be a huge help in athletics. And it's kind of funny what you're saying about, do, am I going to be a stoner yeah. or am I going to be an athlete? And the truth is, is that, you know, everybody that we're talking to and just knowing about what my personal experiences are, sometimes it actually helps you see the game a little bit better. Sometimes, well, now you're running, right? So you have to be in that mindset. You have to, look, it's grueling. It's, it's a grueling pace. You have to stay consistent. You know, you have breathing, you have fatigue, you have 
But sometimes when you could take yourself way mentally to a place, it gives you that extra, I don't know, that extra push to just keep going. You get into that runner's high, you get into that zone, and you're off to the races. And now let's go back to when you were, you know, a professional soccer player or, or in Survivor, yeah. not having cannabis. Okay. What's the mindset? What's the motivation from then to it is now? You know, well, I mean, it's nothing pushing you like you're, I mean, you're not 20 anymore, right? No, no, I'm definitely not 20 anymore. And you saw that on the most recent season of Survivor. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I didn't do so well. I don't know what it was. Uh, I didn't have cannabis. Maybe that's why. It's a funny story because, you know, when I went to survival, Survivor, you know, you go through all the medical and you're doing that out in Los Angeles, California, where cannabis is recreational medically legal i have my cannabis card i use it every day it's part of my medicine on survivor you're allowed to take out your prescription medicines with you so i'm like hey right. hey cbs can i take cannabis out there and they're like hmm, no one's ever ever asked us that before and i'm like well let me know that's great so they actually ran it up the ladder and unfortunately they said no because it's illegal in fiji both cbd and cannabis so you can't take it there so to be honest i I was a little bit nervous, but I weaned myself off of cannabis before I went out there to play the game. However, when I was playing the game, I definitely wish I had it because Survivor is a very stressful environment. You're away from your friends and your family. There's no food. There's no water. You're tired. You're hungry. You're thirsty. You're freezing cold. Um, and it was a very stressful situation already on top of I'm like a pretty anxious and, you know, guy in general, <laughs> you know, so like to layer all these things on top of each other for me out there it was it was it was a battle within my own brain you know i might look okay on the outside but inside it was like more of the world's going on <laughs> well besides looking for fish i bet you're probably looking for a little plant here <laughs> right. Right. I don't know. maybe one thing something's growing here that i can find right. <laughs> that was the other thing like if you know stereotypically speaking you know cannabis could cause the munchies but out there there's no food so you're like right. using this stuff and you're just like eating your own foot at some point you know so what do you think about the new Survivor, how they went to the back-to-back, -back, they shortened the season? I mean, what are your thoughts on that? Because they've really changed a lot of the game. Changed a lot of the game. And, um, you know, I am an old-school Survivor guy. However, uh, I enjoy the old-school game. But this is really exciting and i wouldn't say it's better or worse i would just say it's different you know i feel this style of game where it's 26 days um there's a lot of ways to use the clues and idols and advantages and disadvantages obviously to get ahead in the game so i feel an average player or a below average player has the opportunity to do well in a game like this because of all these extra ways to get ahead i mean if you know, you look at the, these past two seasons, a couple of the players made it to the end without winning one challenge, without really voting anyone off. Um, and it's just uh, it's just a different, different, higher, fast pace. It's more strategy, less survival. Yes. I mean, you're talking about a beast mode of a guy in The Last Survivor who just lights out. I mean, just, I mean, come on. And you saw what happened. Yeah, I've never seen anyone do that well at challenges like this guy, Jonathan. Yeah. I mean, Jonathan killed it. And I just remember going back and them winning the fire challenge when he was like, I forget who was on the show at the time, but they, he said, no, I'm going to do the fire challenge. 
I'm going to go on and I'm going to take it upon myself and I'm going to eliminate who I need to eliminate yes. the, the balls that it took for that. But oh. I, I was curious because now that you talk about NFL football where the season is longer, yep. this is shorter and more compact, but it gives opportunities for players that weren't the tr- quote unquote survivor uh, athletes to more the strategic and social game players. Yeah, I mean, um, for example, you know, a a normal game of Survivor lasts 39 days. This game is 26 days. 13 extra days on Survivor is forever. Every day feels like seven days. You know, we always said the days are long, the nights are longer. You know, the sun goes down at like 5 p.m. It doesn't come up till like, you know, 6 a.m. And you just have all those, all that time in your head. So multiply that by 39 days. it's, It's pretty stressing. So... A game that's, I was on the edge of extinction for 25 days. In this game, the winner won in 26 days. So just right. that perspective, right? So it that's why I was mentality. saying, if you're like, if you're like, I did it the long way, I was the, I was the long survivor. That's what I earned this. I'm the OG. <laughs> yeah, it's tough to play the, you can't play the long game in the short game. I think for the viewers, it doesn't really matter because it, you still get 13 episodes. You know, you don't know whether it's one day, two days, three days between votes or whatnot. But as a player, the daunting task of overcoming all your challenges and going the full distance of 39 days is a lot more of a challenge than a 26 day game. So getting back to that. So talking about, you know, the high endurance that you're needed for these types of sports, or do you think that that cannabis gives you that little extra, like you said, you you were to take cannabis. You wish you had it. Um, Do you really think that would have helped you through the pain and a little bit more of that suffering? Yeah, I I think, I I think it would have, helped me for a lot of the physical things sleep first of all you're sleeping in the dirt or on horrible bamboo slats and it's freezing cold so i think it would have put me into a state there i don't think i I, to be clear like i don't know if i would have used it out there because you want to just be really clear-headed um and sometimes you know cannabis can cause you to think differently you know when i was experimenting on myself leading up to the marathon you know i had to figure out my dosages like how much is too much is this too little do i want to try a vape do i want to do an edible is it a tincture is it you know so i was testing all these (laughs) momentum products out on myself (laughs) which was fun right um and i did find some for me personally sometimes when i took a little bit too much and I was going longer distances, it only had a little bit of a negative impact on my performance in the sense that time was a lot longer. You know, oh my God, I've only been running 10 minutes and I got another two hours left. This is going to take forever. You know, I felt like I lost a little bit of focus when I had too much cannabis and I was going long distances. So that's something I learned about myself. So now I totally dialed it into the dosages I need to go exercise, when I need to take it, at what point during my exercise routine, whether that's running or lifting weights or other forms. I haven't really done too much of a coordination sport using cannabis. Like I haven't gone out there and played you know, soccer or tennis or something that takes too much uh, skill, I guess you could say. I can run straight, but uh, I'm excited to maybe test that out in the future. Yeah, no, it's just because, you know, people talk about just the anxiety. Well, everybody that we have come on always talks about the dosing, trying to find their dose, what works for them, what doesn't work for them. And that's 
for an athlete. That's for a common person, right? Yeah. You mentioned sleep. That's something that we do. We concentrate here at Purewell a lot on sleep products and things like that. But I, you know, there was a, there was a book that was written called the runner's high. And they were talking about how they were using cannabis to stimulate appetite. They were talking about keeping them in the, in the zone. Like we were talking about calming their nerves with thousands of people watching them. I mean, these are the types of things. And I always said a little more dialed in. If you're dialed in, if you know your specific dose or you know what works for you, it could really be something that could help. When you were in the hospital, you said, I saw these people running on Fifth Avenue and I needed to get out there. I knew that if I get out here and I survived, I wanted to go out. I wanted to run and I wasn't going to look back. Yes. Well, I mean, we have seen the state of Fifth Avenue. You don't know what they're running from. You know what I mean? Just saying. They're running from me. No. Right. Yeah, but it yeah, is. Yeah. It's a mindset. And I, you know, being in the medical field for so long, dealing with, with patients that talk about, you know, they could be in a hospital bed, all right? And they could, be, they could have the same ailment. I have the person that I would talk to all the time that had that positive mindset. I had that person in the other bed that had, oh, maybe I'll get better. Maybe, you know what happened? Every time you had that mindset, that person got out of that bed, they survived, they made something of their life, and they were able to overcome the adversity or the health issue. I've seen it time and time again in the medical field, and that's why I love your story. I love what you stand for, and it's true. If more people had that mindset, no matter what happened in their life, to keep going, keep pushing, being a survivor, and um, if that's with cannabis or without cannabis, but just that mindset. And like you said, getting out there and physical, uh, you know, being physical and, and, and staying active, but your mind staying active, right? Definitely. Yes, that's important. You know, I, I learned, you know, growing up as an athlete, you know, I was always uh, a better soccer player after a visualization training or some massage therapy or yoga. Um, and so for me, I brought that into the whole cancer journey with myself. And that's why I do feel it's important to maintain some form of fitness, mental, physical, and spiritual fitness pre, during, and post illness, you know, for anyone, you know, if you're capable of doing it. And so for me, like I always judge my kind of health and wellness based on my physical fitness ability, which I'm not saying is a good thing. That's just kind of how, like if I can run a mile in seven minutes, I'm doing good. If I get sticking me 10, I need to get in shape, you know? So that's kind of my bar my barometer for myself. And so I was just naturally exercising through cancer because that's just kind of what me, made me feel healthy. It gets back to the control thing. I want to control my own, you know, body and I need to do that by through running. Um, and so, I feel it's this, and you mentioned the mindset, and it is important to have a positive mindset, but I do think it's important to note that it's okay to have bad days too. You know, no, there is no scientific data anywhere in the world that, that proves a cancer patient with a positive attitude survives more than a cancer patient that doesn't have a positive attitude. 100%. That about sure. that. It helps as a kind of strategy to get through some dark moments. However, if you are having a bad day and you're crying, you're throwing up and you hate everyone around you, which happened to be a lot, you don't have to feel bad about that, you know, accept it. And once you accept it, um, you know, move on to the next phase of the process is like, how do you want to map out how you're going to live today to get through those dark moments? So do you, 
do you feel that cannabis had helped you with a lot of those side effects through cancer? Definitely, 100%. You know, just to give an example, I was taking Ativan for anxiety, Wellbutrin for, um, you know, my mood disorder. I was taking uh, Percocet for pain, Ambien for sleep, um, some other like vitamin type situations. And then in the morning, I was taking an Adderall just to get enough energy to go to the doctor to get blood tests. So this was like a six, seven, eight pill six cycle of synthetics that I had to do every single day just to get bed and wake up. That's not okay to me. And so when I was using cannabis, right. I could get off some of these pills or minimize the amount I was using. And that alone, um, I felt a lot better. And then just obviously the stress and anxiety of relapse and the fear that the cancer is coming back, being able to kind of nullify that with uh, the use of um, more, more of the cannabis THC side of it than the CBD side. But I'm a big ratio guy. So I'm a one-to-one -one type situation uh, when things are getting a little bit scary in my brain. <laughs> and and what, would you say that you pretty much got all, I mean, you mentioned what, six, six or seven different, uh, I mean, yeah, there was a lot, right? Yeah. <laughs> how many of these prescription medications of what you mentioned, how many did, were you able to get off of replacing it with cannabis? Um, I would, I would definitely got off the, well, I got off the, um, antidepressants right away. I got off the okay. Ambien, uh, Celeste, uh, Celesta right away. Um, I pain, sometimes the pain was really bad. So I had to keep taking the Percocet. So I'd say I got off probably about four of them. And then I minimized the use of the rest of them. So I wasn't taking as much as many times per day. That's like incredible. I, yeah. The fact that they even think that prescribing all of that as a cocktail is, is healthy for anybody who's particularly an athlete is just insanity. And that's the problem. And they have to, they have to start getting away from that and start really pushing and educating on a natural level level. Cause I mean, that's insane. And all it's going to do is going to cause more problems down the road. Cause it's not really healing anything. It's just pushing around your body, hiding and masking. So you can somewhat have a better quality life, so to speak. You know, researchers yeah, from Israel have stated that more. cannabis could be a promising alternative to current standard opiate pain relief offered to cancer patients, which can cause addiction and other negative side effects. Medicinal cannabis use also has side effects ranging from nausea, weakness to psychosis. However, as the paper says, the adverse effects from cannabinoids for cancer treatment are generally tolerated well by the patients and categorized as mild to moderate. Let's talk about that because we always talk about sure. the positives. Do you think there's any negatives with using cannabis during, you know, what this paper was stating? Well, I think everything in, I mean, if it's impacting a current situation that you're going through, I think it's okay. But obviously it's important to keep control of your, of your usage and your dosage. I would say, I kind of forget what the question was. What was the question? No, I. I, <laughs> I think. I How much have you been dosing today, Ethan? I mean, <laughs> I'm, at, I'm at the grand opening of a brand new True Leave dispensary in West Virginia, and uh, I, had, I had a pleasure. So it's a cheat there. day, so to speak. It's, it's a cheat day. It's a cheat day. So. Uh, <laughs> no, I was saying, you know, researchers from Israel had stated that cannabis had a promising alternative to cancer patients, yes. but. But they stated that it could have some side effects. So I was saying to you, have you noticed side effects? Because we always talk about the positives. And to be fair for listeners that we don't think that we're just slating to one side, do you feel like there's some negatives or some side effects that you have gotten 
from cannabis use. Yeah, def- I definitely do. Um, you know, for me, I started off kind of vaporizing flour. I don't do that anymore. You know, I'm always afraid of just like the, the mold, you know, back in the day, the mold and the toxins and if it's being, you know, how it's being grown and how it's being processed. So like if I'm going to put something in body, I want to know exactly where it's coming from and all that fancy stuff. That's why I'm obviously a huge fan of legal legalized uh, cannabis because it's all, you know, tested properly. So that's important to me. But yeah, you know, if I use too much, I, I there, you know, sometimes the mornings I'm a little bit groggy. I'm afraid to smoke it just from for lung issues. I think anytime you smoke anything, it's not good for you. Um, you know, vaporizing could be a little bit better. But yeah, there are definitely some uh, you know, negative side effects, you know, interactions with other medicines, you might want to, you know, figure out, you know, doubling up on antidepressants and some THC cannabis use for younger people. Listen, the teenage brain isn't fully formed until age 21, 22. So, you know, these new cannabis forms of cannabis, these like dabs in the shatter and the butter that is like a direct injection of pure THC to an adolescent brain. I'm not a fan of, you know, I feel cannabis and the industry itself has a role to play to make sure kids don't misuse cannabis and misuse drugs in general. So I think that's an important thing to consider uh, because obviously it's going to be probably medically legalized, you know, nationwide, you know, the next five, 10 years, you got lots of high school, college athletes, NCAA, you can now, you know, name and likeness can be monetized. Like what's going to be happening with cannabis in those things, professional sports. So I think there needs to be a lot more research to figure out really what's going on. Um, I'm excited about that area of exploration within the industry. Uh, you know, NFL is doing some big study on CBD and uh, pain and like brain regeneration. So all this stuff is moving forward. And I just think just over time, we're going to get a little bit more data on how this is all working and hopefully mitigate some of these negative things that we're reading about. So people can have a more educated approach to when they're going to use cannabis and how they're going to use it. It always comes back to education, man. That's that's the key thing. And without education, it, you really are lost out there. So it's it's good to know that you know the more there's people out there who can you know forward that narrative and kind of weed through the you know garbage that is being provided and giving you uh, you know a sense of feeling that you're doing the right thing or doing it at least a smart way. So you know it, it's all about the education, and that's what we try to help promote as well. By Great. Way, we and, and how do you about feel? I mean, do you feel that the industry as a whole, I know it varies, you know, place to place, state to state. Do you think they're doing a good job of educating the general public on cannabis? Or do you think it's still like skewing towards recreational 420, like stoner culture? Or do you think there's a good place and are they doing a good job educating for the medical side of things? I'm, I'm so glad he actually asked. I mean, that's what we are at Purewell. We are a medically focused custom formulated company. I mean, that's what we do. Education first, doctors, healthcare providers to legitimize cannabis on a medical level. So and you don't have to just be high. You could have custom formulations that help you. So yes, we, that's what we prove. But what I do hear all the time is doctor goes, well, I don't know if there's enough evidence yet. We hear that a lot, right? We have a lot, a lot, a lot of politics, a lot of, a lot of, a lot of skirting around issues when we know there's thousands of papers with cannabis going on from everywhere, from Israel to the United States to all over the world for a very long time. I, I do believe that education is most important. And yes, we do it one patient at a time or one company or one doctor at a time, but it is starting to, to catch. 
But as I'm doing these interviews, as I'm getting the, these people on here that really have a platform to speak, a lot of deaf ears still, a lot of stigma, a lot of politics, a lot of things that people are not willing to accept that cannabis is here to stay and it does help you. One other question, because I, I don't know if you know that Ethan was also on The Amazing Race. No. So I got to ask him. So, I mean, because he's done, where do you feel like being part? Well, actually, you love being on reality shows, of course. I but do. do you think they've come a long way since Survivor <laughs> the first time? And where the, the direction they're kind of going at? I mean, there's a lot of new reality Survivor type shows yeah. out. So, they're um, missing them up. Probably sure. too many, right? <laughs> too many reality shows at this point. But, um, but what do you think? Do you think it's made. Uh, uh, in a good way, talking about Survivor, how it's changed the game, but just all of it. I mean, what, what's your opinion on, on reality shows? And Yeah, I mean, you know? uh, Survivor is the OG of reality shows, right? right? So I'm happy that that's sure. where I got my start. And everything after that was, you know, I, I'm going to say yes to everything. Why not? I mean, you, I can go, like, jump off, like, a helicopter on Fear Factor. Yeah, I'm going to do it. I can travel around the world <laughs> in an amazing race. Well, yeah, of course. Um so I think uh, I feel like obviously reality TV is like about 20 years old right about now. And what's funny is they're starting to do all these revivals. You know, they're bringing back, you know, real world cast from New Orleans and doing like a, a, an update for them. You know, on all star CBS. challenge, challenge the all stars. Yeah, they're bringing a challenge onto CBS. They're taking the MTV real world's challenge. They're moving it to CBS you know, recycling CBS talent. So there's Amazing Race, Survivor, Big Brother, Love Island, all competing in a, a show this summer. So I think it's, I love it. Um, I feel I'm more inclined to gravitate to watch a show where it actually takes a skill to win, you know, like a cooking show, a, you know, Project Runway, uh, you know, all these like car remake shows. I like those things. You know, to go on Amazing Race, to go on Survivor, you know, it takes a skill, but you, you leave the show no better than you were before. Like if you win like, you know, the cake boss show or whatever it is, you're like a <laughs> professional chef. You're going to get a job. You go open a restaurant. It's like a path to professional career. <laughs> right. Survivor, when you're done, you're like, okay, like now what, you know? Um, so I think it's, I think it's incredible how many different categories that reality TV is, has an, an, an entry point into. If there isn't an industry in the world that hasn't had a reality TV show around it. Um, including cannabis. I was on this show called Kings of Kush, which is on Vice. It was about a, a farm up in Vermont named Mont Kush. So that was really fun. You know, you guys know it's hard to market and advertise cannabis CBD on television, but to create a reality TV show around a group of guys who bought a farm, and that was kind of our marketing arm um, because we couldn't really do it like you, you, you want to. Smart. It is. That was a smart way. Because I was going to ask you, do they say what you can and cannot say on Survivor or is anything a little scripted or is there things that maybe the public would want to know that it's not a hundred percent Survivor? I per my personal belief is I think they do an incredible job of capturing the person like who they are. Because let me put it this way. Once you take away food, you take away water, you're tired, you're hungry, you're thirsty, like your true person's going to come out. Unless you're the best actor, actress in the world, you can't hide from the camera for 39 days with all that going on. Like you, you, 
it, and if you can, more power to you. I have no idea. It's like the people come back like, oh, my God, I got the worst edit. They edited me to look like a bitch. I'm like, you really are a bitch. You just never seen yourself on TV before. That's the problem, you know. So if you say it, you're, you should have the self-control to say don't say stuff that you don't want on TV. So and if you say it, they're going to use it. So it's up to you to be able to. That's one of the best skills to know going on reality TV. Keep your mouth shut. If you can keep your mouth shut long enough, someone else will say it. That's my advice to anyone going on reality TV. Well, congratulations on going to the Boston Marathon. I know you didn't win, but you uh, you competed. You finished. And that's all that matters. At least that's what they told me. They, <laughs> but um, is there anything else you're working on? Uh, you know, the, you're doing for cannabis Forwarding the narrative, you know, educating the people. Educating people. Yeah, no, my, my whole thing is uh, doing what I'm doing right now with you guys. So I appreciate you taking the time to chat with me, you know, letting me share my story with you and your audience. Because like I said before, my goal in this whole, you know, system is to, you know, increase the knowledge about cannabis and safe cannabis use, these little mini incremental shifts in perception, and just try to get more people to understand the benefits of a plant like cannabis. Nature is the world's pharmacy, and I'm a big uh, proponent of that. And so I encourage anyone who's looking to get into cannabis or to start their cannabis journey, you know, go for it, talk to a professional like yourself, uh, learn about it, do a little digging, and, uh, you know, test it out and, and see how it, it helps you in your life. That's words from someone that's been through a lot and is continuing to work so hard, um, you know, personally and for everybody else. And, and that's what we do here at Empire. And that's why it's important. Please like, subscribe, comment. Tell us what you want us to say. Tell us what we would want, should have asked Ethan, you know, something we could have done better on the show. Again, we're doing this for you guys. And, uh, and, that's, and we love doing it. So, again, please go ahead. He take, take us out. out. I mean, the more we keep pushing, the better it's going to get for everybody because eventually they're going to reach an edge and we're going to push them over it and learn that this plant is for everybody. So we really do appreciate the time again, Ethan. And again, everybody follow us on Cannabis Radio. Like, subscribe, and anything you want to see because that's how we're going to forward this narrative by spreading the word. So we appreciate the time that you've made and uh, have yourself a great day. Thank you so Thank much, you so Ethan. Much. Thank you so much, guys. Appreciate it. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast, republication, or retransmission of this program without proper consent is prohibited.